Mario Canseco, president of Research Co., joining us now with some, some more on the pulse of British Columbians and Canadians, some new poll information. Mario, good morning. Good morning, Sterling. Great to be here with you. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you join us, Mario. We just had John McKay, the uh, Toronto area MP, on talking about uh, his, uh, well, it would be seen by the rest of his, especially by his leadership, as a radical statement. Uh, millions would agree with his assessment. The government of China is an existential threat to Canada. John McKay talked about that, and I questioned him on the need for a public inquiry, and he didn't uh, he didn't go right away to it, but did acknowledge, Mario, that there is a groundswell of public opinion in favor of an of an of an inquiry. You're the guy who conducts public opinion polls. Tell us more about Canadian sentiment with respect to a public inquiry, the one the Prime Minister doesn't want to have. Well, we asked about this uh, in late February after uh, the news uh, was breaking, and the results were quite striking. 64% of Canadians who supported calling an independent inquiry into foreign interference on electoral processes in Canada. This is important because we don't think that this is something that should notice only one country and that should focus on specifically on China, but ultimately on all kinds of foreign interference that have been happening out there. And almost two-thirds of those who live in Canada believe that this should be the case. The other thing that was interesting in our survey is actually having a law in place that would be designed to criminalize or comprehensively limit foreign interference efforts. Mm -hmm. Australia has something like this in the books. It was implemented in 2018. It has been successful. And we have 72% of Canadians who think that the government of Canada should do something similar. So long story short, high support for a public independent inquiry, but even higher support for having laws in place that would shield us from something like this happening in the first place. Right, and as a case with America and many other countries, there's also that foreign agent registry that for now is at least uh, entering some kind of public consultation process. However, reluctantly, the government is, is opening that door. Any thoughts or any poll questions specifically about foreign uh, agent registries? Uh, no, we, we did not ask about that directly on the last one. But one thing that we've seen is, for the past four years, we've been asking every six months about the impression that Canadians have on specific countries. Okay. And for the past couple of times, Russia has been at the bottom, but China usually is somewhere between 15 and 20 percent. So it's not a place where people believe that we are being treated fairly. We obviously went through all of the process during the Huawei case. And we'll see what the numbers tell us when we ask again later this year. But it's not as if people have a great opinion of China to begin with. This is only going to make it worse. Interesting. Now, of course, with Russia's aggression in Ukraine, who by Canadians is considered to be more odious? Is it Russia or is it China? Right now it is Russia. Russia is almost in single digits. And this has been consistent since the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the numbers for China have never made it past 25 percent since we started asking this question. So it's not a situation where we are already particularly happy with a specific government. There's always been some reticence from Canadians to trust the government of China. Uh, and ultimately, because of everything that we're seeing here, uh, it's an important distinction 
that should be made, but not when it comes to the law. I think part of the problem with drafting a law that focuses on a specific country is that you are missing the opportunity to stop foreign interference from other sources, sure. not just from China. Absolutely. I uh, need you to change gears right now, Mr. Conseco, and slide in behind the wheel because you've been talking to Metro Vancouver types over the past a few weeks about commuting, post-pandemic commuting, which I suspect is a little lighter than it was pre-pandemic because more, fewer people are going to the office five days a week. So attitudes appear to be well, changing might be a, a, a harsh word, but softening a little. Tell us more about commuting attitudes. Well, it's a little bit different from the time we asked in May 2019. At the time, we thought we're going to be asking this every year, just trying to figure out how commuters in Metro Vancouver feel about things. Obviously, a year later, we have the COVID-19 pandemic, so it's the first opportunity that we have to try to compare to those findings pre-pandemic. Sure. And we do see 73% of weekday commuters who say that their experience is pleasant. This is up five points uh, from 2019. We have only 26% who say that their experience going to school or work on weekdays is annoying. So there's definitely a larger group that seems to be happy with the way uh, their weekday commute has been going. But those who are feeling the pain are definitely more likely to express that they're unhappy with specific things. And there's a variety of issues that are making us annoyed when we're commuting, depending on your mode of transportation. Interesting stuff. Final question to you, and it's our question of the day, and you always play along when we ask you to. Should we do away with clock changes twice a year and just stay on either daylight or standard time? Uh, That's our question of the day. Have you asked any of your poll uh, people about uh, this particular issue lately? We have. It's quite interesting because one of the things that we've seen historically when we ask about this is I'm willing to do it if everybody else does. And, you know, that is part of what we're facing right now here in B.C. Are you going to be crossing the border into Washington and then gaining an hour or losing an hour? So it's got to be something that is North America wide. Absolutely. So, uh, and until then, we wait until the American, Ontario and BC, both uh, kind of uh, lots of energy generating in that direction, but neither, nobody's going to touch this one until the United States makes up its mind, right? That is exactly what is going to happen. In in Mexico growing up, we didn't have this for the first, I'd say, 20, 25 years of my life. And then it was implemented in a way where specific states were changing it, and it was quite confusing. So, You get used to it, and then unless everybody else around you does the same thing, it's impossible to change. Interesting stuff. Mario, always a pleasure. Thanks ever so much for taking a few moments out of your Sunday morning. My pleasure, Sterling. Anytime.